I'm Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in the Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business. Once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Story Built podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you, and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining today. We are continuing in the PR series, and today we're covering an area of PR that not everybody thinks about when they think about PR. We're discussing awards, and today's guest is truly an expert in this area, For three decades, Mike McDougall, who is an APR fellow PRSA, FAAO, has provided communications and public affairs counsel to some of the world's most prominent organizations. In 2011, he founded McDougall Communications, a reputation and communications management firm that works with clients across the Americas, Europe, and Asia Pacific. He previously served as global vice president of corporate communications and public affairs for Bausch and Lomb and as worldwide director of product and service public relations for Eastman Kodak Company's $9 billion consumer division. A leader whose advanced theories and techniques are at the heart of the profession's evolution Mike has garnered prominent international recognition, including a combined 22 PRSA silver anvils and awards of excellence. Known for building high-performing teams, he guided Buck and Pullion to be named PR Week's Boutique Agency of the Year and Bausch & Lomb to be recognized a PR Week Corporate Team of the Year finalist. He is a frequent international conference speaker, university guest lecturer, member of the PRSA College of Fellows, fellow of the American Academy of Optometry, and was elected to the Arthur W. Page Society. And when he's not on a plane, Mike lives in, uh oh, I forgot to ask him how to pronounce <laughs> the name. Give it, a, give it a try, Christy. Uh, let's say Honeyo. Very close. Honeyoy. Honeyoy. Honeyoy, New York, with his family. Mike, thank you so much for joining today. Christy, thanks for having me. This will be fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. So you have won an incredible number of awards throughout your career. What would you say led you to really focus on these efforts? And why do you think that other businesses should do the same and realize the importance these have to offer? Yeah, it's a great question. A couple of things come to mind. One is I, I hope that no one goes after the awards because they like to have lots of gleaming silver and glass on a shelf <laughs> in their office, right? There's, there's better things to put on the wall. Uh, right. But they do bring a few things um, to you. One is certainly recognition, right? For your organization, 
but more so the people around you, right? Every award is a team effort. You know, rarely has there been an award where any single person is behind all of it. So it's a great way to recognize your team. Right. Uh, but the second piece, and I really do believe this is more important, by applying for an award, by thinking through how to tell that story of what you did, makes you go back and look at the program, the project again, and really makes you analyze the process, what you did right, what you did wrong. Uh, in the absence of award applications, I probably wouldn't be doing that as frequently as I am uh, Good today. Point. Yeah, no, that is. Um, so I think that is that that's great because it helps you become better at what you are, because when else are you going to really dissect it at that level? It does. And it also gives you structure, right? Most awards programs, not all, but most have some degree of structure of what they're looking for, right? You know what the rules are. You follow the rules, you write the application. Most of that structure also then applies to as you're creating future programs. So what is the research you're doing? Um, what's your planning process look like? How are you executing? Are you evaluating, right? What measures, objective measures are you putting into place? Those are great criteria to score programs. And I get the pleasure. In fact, I love judging awards more than I love applying for them. <laughs> but then you bring it back and say, as I go down this path, I'm creating something new or my team does. Hey, are we following that structure? What are we missing? You know, not everything's an award-winning program, but everything should have structure. And awards give you that that mechanism to uh, to maybe have another, um, you know, another set of guidance um, as you put those programs together. I like that. It's a really good way to think about it. And for people who haven't gone down this path yet, I think for a lot of people, it seems intimidating. Oh, I couldn't possibly do that. But you're right. I think not only is it going to help from a reputation recognition standpoint, but it's going to make you better at what you do because of what we're going to dive into with kind of the inner workings of how you go through that process. But for people who are just starting out, what would you say is the best way to start and really kind of figure out what awards are there that are available for me and, and that would be the most helpful for me. Sure. A few things to look at. One is what are you trying to achieve from the award, right? Is it, do you want to again bring attention to your organization from uh, a certain set of customers, right? Or prospective customers. Um, if it's you know customers who read a certain publication, live in a certain circle, go apply for an award in their circle. Don't make them understand what award you're winning over here in some esoteric vertical. Um, go right. to where the fish are, right? You mentioned Pauline earlier. Chris Pauline said, Mike, go fish where the fish are. Make it easy. Uh, so that's one. Okay. Yeah. Two is, you know, see what awards are out there. I mean, there, I gotta tell you, especially in the US, we love giving awards and we love getting awards. <laughs> There are awards for everything. Not everything has the same value, right? Not everything has the same prestige. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't have to win the Oscar, right, to get some recognition. Um, sure. You know, maybe it's local. Uh, maybe it's something very, very narrow in scope. Um, that's okay. What matters is what's going to matter to you, what's going to matter to the people around you. Um, put your own value on those awards as you go out and look for what exists in, in Google. You know, I mean, the gosh, sure. the power of Google is a wonderful thing, right? Um, what's out there? Who's winning? And what have they done? And, and, and emulate what they've done before. That's great. And so 
when you start this process and you're planning, first of all, how far in advance do you need to start? And what's a good way to kind of begin planning? Because I know it can, there's so many wards, like you said, it can be, it can be overwhelming. <clears throat> so when you're kind of just starting to narrow it down and probably maybe no, not go for everything, what's, what's really a good way to set yourself up for more success as you're just starting out down this process? Start small and realistically, you know, maybe aim for two or three awards that you think realistically um, you could have a shot at not winning, but even placing, right? Okay. Your one is, I don't need to win. Let me get into that. Let me figure it out. Let me get some feedback. You know, what worked, maybe I find that it was a horrible experience. I'll never do it again. <laughs> um, or, you know, maybe I find out that judging is different than I thought. So, but again, set your expectations at a modest level, two to three, you know, and set maybe one stretch award. Okay. Right? That'd be great. Also, the, look a year or two out. And say, mm -hmm. where do I want to be in two or three years, right? Set a bigger stretch goal. What's it going to take to build to get there? Um, I've never bought a Ferrari in my life. I have no intention of buying Ferraris. But I know that if you want to buy a high-end Ferrari, you have to buy two or three or five lower-end Ferraris to work your way up with the dealer. Hmm. Think about that in the awards program, right? You're working your way up over the years okay? Um, and over awards applications. Also, there becomes a style of awards writing. Um, awards applications that okay. you'll get in the rhythm of, and it becomes easier as you go on. Chris, you asked about timing. Mm -hmm. Leave yourself plenty of time. You know, leave yourself at least, if it's a, you know, it's all going to be different, but a few weeks. Um, don't wait until the night of. <laughs> as a judge, you know what the night of awards look like as they come in. Yeah, on our agency, our team here, right, we prepare months ahead. Now, realistically, the week prior, we're still scrambling, right? And pushing right. things through because that's just life. Other priorities come in. Um, but by pre-planning, you can actually start to pull in items, um, materials, documents you may need to provide for support. Um, you may have time to call people and say, hey, refresh my memory, right? This was a few months ago. What did we do? Mm -hmm. um, digging through emails. A lot of it's discovery. Um mm -hmm. Every, for people even of a phenomenal memory, you're going to be amazed at how much you've forgotten about the programs you're trying to uh, apply for until you go back and look again. Um, it's believe either it. fun or it's cringe-inducing, depending on what you find. <laughs> I can believe it. it's hard enough to remember yesterday, right? So tracking right? exactly how you went about something several months ago. Yeah. Um, on that note, I know that you, uh, you and one of your colleagues spoke I believe at the Icon Awards for folks in PR uh, about kind of how to how to go about the process mm -hmm. for those types of awards, and um, so even just kind of what what you're talking about with that process, I think either you or your colleague mentioned that it's also good to then once you go through a process, when you start a new. Uh, you know, I guess this would apply to our industry, but for other industries as well, when you're starting with a new client or maybe you're rolling out a new product or something to also keep in mind, like you mentioned early on that structure and to think, okay, maybe what we're about to do is award-winning, you know, possibility or not, but let's at least use that as a way to plan when you're starting a new project, a new product or something like that. 
Exactly. We um, we had a meeting yesterday um, to start on a program, and we had kicking some ideas back and forth, and we have structure to it. It was missing something, right? And the question we posed in the room was, we never go into programs to win awards, right? Awards are on the back end if it's a great program. But we said, what's it missing that would make it an award winner, right? Hmm. Um, something doesn't feel right. And we pushed through until we figured out what that missing element was. Um, and it does matter. And at the same time, right? Sometimes you go into using the structure, or using an awards mentality to realize that your program may not be award-winning. To say, hmm. this is not going to win an award. We don't need it to win an award. Right. You know, this needs to check the box get it done, right? Expend the resources it needs to, and then save those extra special, right, resources, um, a little something extra for maybe something bigger uh, that's going to have more impact. You know, everything doesn't have to be, and this is coming from a type A person who <laughs> loved grades in school all the way through, everything doesn't have to be an A-plus program. Right. And I think that just kind of sets yourself up for failure and burnout if if everything has to be that. And I also appreciate how you said, especially early on, that even if you are submitting something for an award, that you don't, it doesn't have to be number one, like even just becoming, I, I see so many people post on LinkedIn or whatever, that they were a finalist in something or something that is still providing recognition, but you know they may not have been the ultimate winner, but that's not the end all be all of the process. We we actually do quite a few awards nominations for clients across various industries. Mm -hmm. um, even the impact on people, when you nominate people for awards, we had somebody a few weeks ago, you know, start crying because mm -hmm. we were nominating her. Even the fact that she was being nominated by her company was such a point of pride for her and unexpected. That alone, right, makes it all worth it. Um, sure. Yeah, so there's again more reasons to look at an awards process than just getting the you know the shiny silver object uh, over for the shelf later. Yeah. Now, as as you mentioned, you've been both a judge mm -hmm. and you've submitted a lot of awards. So what we and and for different types of industries or types of awards programs, what would you say? As I know, every program is different; they all have different questions and specifications. But are there certain qualities that you feel like set apart? winning submissions from all the rest? Yes, okay. um, truly there are, right? So, and I'll give you a few. Um, one is you have to have be able to tell a story, right? If you can't weave a narrative of whatever it is you're applying for um, is to make the judge go, hey, I like this, right? I'm reading it a little bit like a novel. You know, okay. maybe I should tap this for the screen. Something in storytelling. If it's just the facts, if it's boring, yeah. it may win. It's not going to do as well as if there's something, you know, a little extra. Um, a second is some type of um, sacrifice, right? That we decided to put this into this program, right? We decided to put ourselves into it, more money, and we gave something else to do it, right? So a little bit of a... Um, uh, again, we've, we we decided to make this special, to anoint this program, this person uh, mm -hmm. as unique, because it tells the judge I'm looking at something special over here. Okay, so oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and again, there's there's certain elements that come out. Um, a third is humanity. You mm -hmm. want to have a personal touch to this. 
that you changed a person's life or a group of people's lives, right? And maybe it's not you didn't change their lives forever. You changed it in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I remember there was a great program from WestJet, the Canadian airline, where uh, passengers got on, and I think it was in Toronto, right? And they asked them what they wanted for Christmas. And when they landed in Vancouver, out comes their present from baggage claim, <laughs> right? They had sent people in Vancouver to buy the gifts as they were in flight. And it was saying, you know, WestJet makes Christmas miracles. I mean, things wow. like that, that, did that change their lives because they got a TV? No, but it's that sense of delight. And just the, the power of the wow um, mm -hmm. comes through, right? So there's an outsized impact there. And I have a few others, but I'll leave you with one, um, which is sustained impact. Okay. Right? So it might change their life forever, but you've done something that lingers, right? Yeah. If you were a customer or not only a customer, you saw that WestJet video uh, of what they did. That's brand recognition, right? Mm -hmm. That's the next time you fly WestJet. You're like, that was the company that did that thing for Christmas time up in Canada, right? It's, it's building a brand. Um, it's not reminding people you won an award. That's not what you want to do. Um, it's having people realize that the work you did was just incredible. And, um, and, you know, maybe you'll bring a touch of that to their, to their life or their experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the humanity because I, I feel like it can be a little nerve wracking as you're creating this and you're really trying to present your case, kind of build an argument. And so I can see it, it can be easy to move away more from the humanity and storytelling and make it more, here are the stats, here's why it worked, here's, you know, and, and while that matters, I like that you're saying it's really important to balance with the storytelling and the humanity aspect. Yeah. And, and people, you know, the judges for any awards program, at least today, until we're taken over by AI, um, <laughs> are people, right? And people connect with people. Even I, I have the pleasure of judging a lot of military awards, hmm. um, which are very precise, right? And they are just phenomenal to read. But even those that stand apart have a little bit of humanity. There was a uh, an entry from the Navy of trying to get um, uh uh, sailors to be re re relocated to Guam, right? And saying what a challenge was because it's so remote. But then they came in and talked about the spouses and the spouses mm. were key. The spouses are saying, I don't want to go to Guam, you know, and getting into their understanding and their fears and their concerns. Um, and suddenly as you're reading this, you're like, okay, I, I see it, right? I understand yeah. the challenge. That if the Navy can do that in a words application, you can find a way to bring a little <laughs> into your own somehow. Yeah. Any uh, any kind of, well, a little different than military per se, but any sure. war stories that you have had with your team, maybe early on um, trying to work on these or anything that really surprised you uh, about going through the process? Yeah, a few things. Back to the people comment, judges are people. Yep. Right. Um, if you get feedback from the judges, which I hope you do, and some awards have it, they may be having a bad day. They may not have understood what you were talking about. Right. Completely different industry from where you are. You got to go in and you should be pr proud of what you do. But this isn't life or death. Um, I got some feedback from a judge last night on an awards application we had done earlier in the year. I finally opened it. Of course, you know, seven of the eight judges are like, this is great. We love it. The one judge who didn't, I'm like, who are you? Right. And I took offense and I said, hold on. Remember, probably I was having a bad day. Maybe was quickly reviewing this. 
at the end of the day, it's it's an award application. It's not life or death. Um, so remember that, and don't get discouraged. Um, you know, two is know that you're up against some really varied competition for most awards applications. You know, being a judge, you see the gold standards come in and you see the one that somebody said, hey, the intern can do this, right? <laughs> the intern has no idea what they're doing. And it is a horrible, horrible application, right? They just kind of squeezed it in. Um, so if you think, well, this is kind of modest or mediocre, maybe I shouldn't put, drop, you know, drop it in. Go ahead. You may be the gold standard. It's all relative at that point. Okay. Um, a third is to, um, and it's more of a tip of how to go about it, really read the entry guidelines. Um, they're there for a reason. <laughs> um, I've seen applicants come in and say, hey, thank you, uh, association, uh, for those guidelines. Um, we don't agree. We're going to just have our own application and tell you what you should be considering. Wow. Way to, actually, that's the easy way to lose money. You can go to Vegas or you can enter an award <laughs> application or a process with uh, with your own rules. Um, so, yeah, so follow, follow. You know what the game is. You know how to score points. Follow the game. Um, but we could have a whole separate discussion, Christy, on war, on horror stories. But maybe we'll do <laughs> that in a few minutes. Yeah, no, that is that's good. And so you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but how can how can businesses really kind of get into a mindset of positioning themselves, whether that's as a company or for individual submissions to be in a better position for awards, just kind of, are there mindset things? Are there things that you should just be keeping top of mind as you work that you think are helpful? Sure. <laughs> Excuse me. One, and this is pretty much across the board, um, is objective setting. It's tough for a judge to evaluate how successful you've been if you don't tell them what your objective was going in. So even if you're in a project, a program, even individuals, let's say it's development of a, a person on your team, mm -hmm. if you can't compare and contrast where they were to where they are, that's mm -hmm. tough for a judge to make that assumption. Um, so what we try to do is have very clear objectives that makes it easier for us to assess, did we win or not? Um, also, it actually helps us say, hey, we hit 80% of our objectives. We failed on these 20 or maybe didn't hit them like we wanted to. That's mm -hmm. okay. Actually talk about humanity to admit that you're not perfect in an awards application is fantastic hmm. because you have no room for growth. You say, here's where we could improve and here's where we can learn and I'm currently learning. You know, I think that resonates um, with judges. Yeah, nobody's perfect. We do a lot of individual awards applications um, for clients, uh, CEOs, right, presidents, EVPs. If you paint them as a god, there's somebody <laughs> reading that going, no, they're not. I'm going to find a, you know, I'm going to find a way to a wedge something that they're not perfect at. Put it in there, mm -hmm. right? Say, here's something they continue to struggle with. Here's something they're continuing to learn. Hmm. Uh, I think it humanizes them back to that aspect of humanity um, to, to build that in. So mindset, look at objectives, try to build that, um, try to build a path to say, hey, here's where you were and here's where you are um, at every time. Um, two is asking yourself as you go through any project program, et cetera, what else could we do, right? What's the plus one? Is there a little something extra we could do 
that maybe would put this over the top. Maybe it's risky and risk is something too, right? Mm-hmm. Programs that have very little risk built in are very often not award-winning programs. You okay. want a little bit of risk. You want to do something new that nobody's thought of or done before. It doesn't need to be outlandish. It can just be a little twist on what's been done. So think about that going through. What's the little extra, you know, we could put in. I like that. And then what do you think that businesses, how can they think strategically about using awards to enhance their thought leadership and just other, well, we'll start with that one. I think one way you can use awards to enhance your thought leadership is not to go talk about your award wins themselves uh, holistically, right? The 22 you mentioned, I laughed because I had I, I had to count that for something else I was doing. And <laughs> my my kids saw me. And the best thing is to be humbled by your teenagers going, Dad, <laughs> really not counting your awards, are you? I'm like, I don't want to, right? But somebody <laughs> needs it for something over here. Um, don't talk about that. Find the programs that are award winning mm-hmm. and use those as your talk pieces for thought leadership, right? Those should be your go-to examples. When you say, here's a challenge we faced as an industry, here's a challenge we faced as an organization, use those as your case studies. Um, and, and then within there, you can point out that they were award-winning or maybe here's something that uh, a certain organization or group thought of or saw, right, that made it shine. Um, but those become our cases, right? If you go on my website, all of our case studies on there are award-winning. We don't say they are, but it's a natural um, set of case studies to uh, to bring in. Um, the so second don't lead there, with oh, that. What's that? <laughs> so don't lead with that. Don't lead with you know the award. You're gonna go announce you won the awards to your industry. That's great, but you know the person who wears a medal around their neck at the supermarket is the person <laughs> I don't want to speak. And that's not what you need. Um, you know the other piece of thought leadership, really, Christy, in terms of awards. Um, is look for other award winners. Look for other people in the category, in the competition who've also won and connect with them, right? There's some sort of simpatico, right? Something that you've done together, that's a great way to network um, and to make connections with people who you kind of probably share your passion for an industry um, uh, or a, a certain type of uh, a certain type of program. That's a great idea. I think that is something that more people need to remember is a reason that you're doing that. Yes. And then what are other great ways to put these awards to work in your business to help grow your business, grow your reputation? Because like you said, it's it takes a lot of time and effort to go through this. And there are a lot of reasons internally to focus on this. But um, what are other ways from a PR perspective that can help you can help put it to work for your business? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so one is, you know, I say you're not going to be wearing the medal in the supermarket, mm-hmm. but also make sure people know you won the medal. Uh, <laughs> so you win, right? Go announce it to your industry. Um, if there's trade publications, right. Who are probably going to run it or a local publication, right. A local business journal. Um, yeah, don't be shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good thing, right? People like to celebrate others success. Um, sure. yeah, two is, uh, for what you own, right? And I know on your earlier podcast, you've had conversations around peso, like paid or shared and owned. Um, you know, your own media, your own digital social channels. Right. On there, right? 
um, put it on your website. Again, it shouldn't be on the front page, the only thing, but make reference to it. Truly, and I again, I also joke about having a wall of trophies. Um, I worked for a group once where somebody came in as a prospect and it wasn't my company, um, but they looked at the walls were covered in awards and they said, are you running um, a uh, services company or do you make awards for people? <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, kind of over the top, right? But display them, you know, find a way where they're prominent um, because people will ask, they're conversation pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had people come to our office and you see them linger and they're not front and center, but they're on a sidewall. So you're like, oh, wow, what's that? It's a great way to bring it up in conversation. And if you have customers and the customers were involved or you had partners in the awards, you know, buy them one. Uh, buy them an extra. Give it to them, right? There's a point of pride. They're going to display it prominently. Sure. And that's going to have your company name on it. And if it doesn't have your company name on it, put your company name on it, <laughs> right? Because as their employees walk down the hall going, oh, yeah, that's right. They did that work with us. Uh, it's a good way to reinforce uh, great partnerships. Yeah, and that that lasts with your clients and partners. Well, we've covered a lot today. Is there anything that, that you think is important for listeners to keep in mind that we haven't covered? The biggest thing, Christy, is start, right? If you haven't tried it, give it a try. Mm -hmm. And if you don't win, don't get discouraged, right? Take feedback, ask others to look at your applications. Um, I used to give mine early on to my mom. If ah. my mom couldn't understand it, a judge wouldn't understand it. And that's a great, my, hmm. my wife refuses to read them. I love my <laughs> wife, but, you know, but she won't read them, but my, my mom would read them and actually help me under, help her understand what I did for a living too. Um, get feedback from people and then try again, you know, keep refining, keep refining. Um, it's also going to just make you a, a better communicator um, and probably a, a better um, leader in your organization through the process. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I think that's really smart. It's easy to get locked into what your team thinks, but it is so important to get an outside perspective who is not in your industry, who you have to use layman's terms and make sure it's understandable. That's a really good point. There was a group, Christy, um, year, de well, decades, years ago, that would submit to a lot of awards competitions across the, um, actually around the world. And I was one of their clients at the time. And they brought us in a small panel and we would evaluate all of their awards entries, hmm. hundreds of them. And wow. And then they would take and winnow it down, refine, 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 and only put in the best entries. Um, so you talk about a machine. I mean, there are groups that have machines that do this, but honestly, don't be afraid of them because I've seen some phenomenal award winners who are mom and pop, single people, right? Who just have a great idea that nobody's bothered to try to put into a competition. Uh, you can't win if you don't, uh, if you don't enter. Yes. Yes. No, that's so good. So hopefully people are inspired to go out there and so. get started. Get started. Well, thank you so much, Mike. And for everyone listening, you should uh, check out Mike's. You can go to his website, which is mcdougallpr.com. We'll have all these links in the show notes as well. You can send him an email, Mike at mcdougallpr.com or look him up on LinkedIn at McDougal or on Twitter at Mike McDoug. So thank you so much, Mike, for coming today. Thanks, Christy. I appreciate it. And for everyone, I hope you enjoyed it and have a great week. 
succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust. To get those, you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? Building your own show and audience takes years. Grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads, build your SEO and strengthen your brand. To learn how my agency can help, email me at hello at christybilbury.com.